welcome back to the GM screen. I, as always, am Alex. I'm Matt. I'm Robert. And there's another person! Hello! My name's Afton, and I've been DMing for maybe six months? We thought it would be a pretty good idea here to bring in someone who is relatively new to this, just so we can, I don't know, like, get the opinions of... Like a somewhat fresh person. I haven't rehearsed any of this. What are we getting in, at? Well, it occurred to us <laughs> at some point that uh, we have the benefit of over 50 years of Dungeons and Dragons. You, that number other... keeps going up. I think that's closer <laughs> to accurate. I don't think it is. I was thinking about it today. We're not getting into it. Hey, point were, is, were you eight when you started? Shut up. Point is, <laughs> I mentioned after last recording, I thought we sounded old and Afton confirmed it. Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all sound as old as you look. The, so <laughs> that hurts me deep in my soul, and that's why we're on radio. I'm, what I was gonna say, I'm going home. Fuck this. <laughs> what I was gonna say is that we have over 50 years of experience. We no longer have less than a year of experience, which I think is a unique perspective on the the trials and travails of dungeon mastering or game mastering. That I'm not sure we can touch directly anymore. We can offer advice, but we haven't been there in so long that I don't know that we are even advising on the right subjects. Y'all are like the encyclopedias of DMing, but someone needs to write um, how to run your very first game. And encyclopedias also just generally suck. Yeah. 16 and 3 wisdom. Let's do it. Hey, I used to read the encyclopedia for fun as a small child, and I am not joking. So we all did. There were what the weird. fuck you, is wrong with you? You can learn about so many countries. I don't know what to tell you. You can learn I about didn't... weird animals. I what did... else did you do when you went to the library in class and then you finished your shit like a half hour early? I read books. I read the books already. Also, I already had the encyclopedia out because I was researching. There is a lot of Nancy Drew books out there and I've read every single one of them. That's there what I did. There are a lot of Nancy Drew books. They're very good. Fuck the Hardy Boys. I've read all the Hardy Boys books and I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the weird one for getting into the boxcar children, then? No, I was into that, too. Was, yeah, orphans! Oh, yeah. I thought it was... Living on their own. I thought it was really... No, see, the first one is about orphans living on their own, and then every subsequent book is about orphans recreating the... Like, living in a house with a family and recreating the feeling of having a boxcar to live okay, in. Okay, so that <laughs> was... very like, land before time that was, that was, like, their treehouse. Yeah. Like, they had a boxcar instead of a treehouse. Most of the stories actually involved them doing something with their new family. And then the boxcar was just a nod to their past. And it's where they hung out, because it's like a treehouse. If I remember correctly, it was all of them doing one thing, and then they slightly reworded it and made 30 books. I'm well, gonna, okay, yeah, no, that's, that's accurate. <laughs> I'm going to agree with Alex on the Land Before Time comparison with the, like, the first one is very dark, and now we're learning about sharing. Yeah. All right, so... Um, Aren't we, like, a gaming podcast or something? I, you know... We work. I, mm, <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and get into this question list. Oh, good, we have one. Who, <laughs> we're an says, advice podcast. Says I, who is currently, apparently, the host now, because Alex has advocated... Advi- abdicated? Yes. <laughs> Look, I wrote the question list and I can still pronounce words so I'm already pulling twice as much weight as either of you. Okay, so the first question we have here for Afton and we can, um, after we get the good answer from Afton, we can just do a small blurb um, for each of us. Um, so the first can one... Can we? Is you that can't, allowed? You're, no, you can't, Matt, because you're incredibly verbose. Yeah, right. and loud. Um, yeah, thank you, Afton. <laughs> I, I feel so supported right now. <laughs> it's really nice. I'm, oh man! Okay. I live with this thing. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, what attracted you to DMing, and did it all stand up to your expectations? Well, 
I've always liked telling stories and it just sounded fun to do it in a system I was already enjoying. We were messing around with AD&D and uh, Matt has a like how to DM and AD&D and how to build your first dungeon and it's the cutest thing. It already has like a map laid out and then you put your own things in there. It has like treasures and monsters and you just kind of like right. lay it out like your own little dungeon. It was super fun. So um, half of my is, characters died in the first room because I didn't check the ceiling. That's correct. So that was your first experience DMing, and that was for Matt, right? Uh, it was his like box set, right? But, but yeah. you were just running it for him. Yes, it was just for Matt. The reason I ask is because I wanted to know how that experience compared to what you're doing currently with a party of five, four, four, four. four. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean that's AD and D versus five E, so well, there's yeah. a big difference there. But with just. I don't know. Uh, it, you have to manage people more if there's more people. Um, so you're looking to keep a larger variety of people engaged, whereas with Matt, I know exactly what he likes. And even if he's playing three different characters, it's still Matt. Um, it was four originally. <laughs> yeah. And... You gotta look up. That's very important. <laughs> look, Where do you think slimes live? Oh, it wasn't a slime. It, it was, was a carrion crawler. Oh. Ew. Mm. Yeah. Aren't those basically slimes, but made out of old dude? No. no. Those are the paralyzing bugs. Ah, okay. Oh. <clears throat> With the tentacles. That's bad. Yeah. No, oh, like, so it's like a half-life barnacle. Carrion crawlers are like centipedes that eat you. They're bad for you. And Why really did you want that? With tentacle faces. They gave me a really fun monster, and then there were corpses, and so I put it on the ceiling above the corpses. It's first time. Why don't you put that stupid, like... Waffle thing with the tentacles. What's it called? Uh, like a flurf? Flump. Flump, yeah. But just, flumps are nice. Just all flump dungeon. Let's do it. That would be That really would just cute, be a actually. dungeon where you're like really polite to everyone. <laughs> and you get final destination. It'd be adorable. But yeah, I would say that I have enjoyed it. Mm. it I'm not sure that I had a certain sort of expectation for the game itself, but I definitely had an expectation for myself. Right. And... I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I really like being able to create a world that people are interacting with. And it's like writing a story and improv and acting and also being the god of a little world. Right. And it's super fun. So that's cool. I think one thing you touched on that I really like and something that can be intimidating to a lot of new people, and this is getting to the second question. I know we're skipping our segment, but I don't care because this is a perfect segue. Um, a lot of what can be intimidating is the kind of improv acting. That's that kind of thing, because a lot of people can't do those things in their mm-hmm. normal life. Yeah. Um, that's something I've always enjoyed about the hobby. Yeah. Is it something that you think came naturally to you, or is it something you definitely had to work on, starting with Matt and then getting more comfortable with it as you moved into a full group? Or, Well, I did a lot of that as a little kid. Like, I, what my siblings and I played, did for fun was take an army of stuffed animals and act out stories and my brother and I would even pick uh the person who was telling the story we like storytellers so basically you were a dungeon master I've been a dungeon master for as long as I can remember and we weren't like following set storylines we were just improving all the way through oh no secretly 70 years of experience now (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is totally different. Then I got my giant, like, stuffed D12. There weren't any... <laughs> I called him Dicey, and... <laughs> so, we yeah. never played with him, because no one uses D12s. 
So yeah, I that that didn't really intimidate me much because I've been doing that for a really long right. time. So was there a specific thing that did intimidate you about it? The fucking rules, man. <laughs> it's a god. There's a, it's one goddamn book, and I'm not gonna lie. I still haven't read the Dungeon Master's Guide. Matt keeps saying that there's stuff in it that I didn't know existed. Oh yeah, I own like four copies from various rules. I don't think I've read any of them. Okay. I should read them, but apparently I have a good enough handle on the five E rules that I don't know that I need 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 it. But I should I, read it. I would agree. The way I described five E to someone recently is like it's like a Riverstone. It's just smooth all the way throughout. Yeah. That's really easy to get to grips with, even with the basic stuff. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say it's like a river stone because I'm too busy swimming and I didn't pay attention to it. <laughs> I mean, that's a good one, too. The utility of Dungeon Master's Guides or Storyteller's Guides or Game Master's Guides depends very heavily on the system and the mechanics therein. I would say that, like, 3rd edition Dungeons & Dragons, which is kind of where Swaga and I... Uh, really, really got into it. The Dungeon Master's Guide contains a lot of really useful information. It did. Third edition uh, is basically algebra homework with pictures of orcs on it. You shut your mouth. Am I wrong? No. <laughs> God. No, oh, you're talking. See. No, you're talking about three point five. Three point is trying to play Conan in a world where sometimes you get killed by like the ceiling. Um, well, you wouldn't have been killed by the ceiling if you bought the eight splat books that went with it. You are still thinking of three point five. Still 3.5. Mm. Uh, Green Ronin went nuts. Green Ronin are amazing people, and if they will sponsor this Let's try podcast, that one again. <laughs> Green Ronin is and or are amazing people. <laughs> you don't know if they're still open, do you? No, they definitely are. They made, uh, I think they're still publishing Blue Rose. Um, Hit us up, Green Ronin. Yeah, I'm like, they're not going to sponsor I, us if we can't pronounce the name right. I know this. <laughs> what did I say a minute ago? It kind of just came out as one word. Okay, uh, the moral of the story is that, they, as far as I can tell, they've made all of my favorite games. Um, they published Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 2nd Edition. Oh, the good one. Yeah, the good one. Oh, okay, never mind. I take it back. We love you. Yeah, is that you, the one that you also shut your mouth. A while ago? Yes. Yeah, because yeah, my experience with that game is that one thing that Swagger run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was good. Someone blew up my so, dog, and I'm upset. The... Utility of a Dungeon Master's Guide is heavily dependent on the system. Uh, 3.0, it's very important because it contains a lot of useful information on running the game. 5th uh. edition, uh, it's like there's a part at the beginning that's like, hey, here's some good tips on running the game. And then the rest of it is useful variant or uh, specific rules like, here's some good ways to do hazards in a forest. Cool. Which is useful if you want to do hazards in a forest, but I wouldn't say you need to read it cover to cover like you need the player's okay. handbook. Is that uh, page just like the word bears? Bears. Like, in full page font? No, that's the Wandering Monster table. Uh, it's bears, and then the next line has an indent, and it says dire question mark. <laughs> um, so, moving on from that sidebar, uh, rapid fire, what intimidated you most, Alex, of being a DM? Oh, okay, okay, now we're just doing all of us. No, what's, what scares you, like, in real life? Oh, this is <laughs> deep. Okay, well, you see, when I was a child... <laughs> <laughs> okay, what did intimidate you about being a DM, if anything? I'm not saying there was. Um, honestly, I still just really struggle with the fact that I'm going to sit around for, like, three days writing up a bunch of, like, intricate, weird stuff... And then we're only going to see about a third of it, and they're going to do it wrong. Right. Yes. All right. That's a that's a very fair one, Matt. Yeah. How much? I was going to say, how much have we done that to you, Afton? Uh, one of my favorite side quests, y'all completely skipped, and I kept trying to give it to you over and over again. But it still makes me sad. I don't remember skipping. I don't remember skipping a side quest. I know. 
<laughs> I know you fucking don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, what intimidated you the most? It's uh, been years. Nobody's showing up to my games. That's it, fair. Oh, that's yeah. also scary. It took... There was some crosstalk, but he did say no one showing up to his games. It took, I think, four years before I got one consistent player who wasn't my little brother. Mm. Yeah. Thanks. And for me, it was probably the performative aspect of it. And the rules. Um, I love yeah. those both now, but definitely starting out, it was a little weird for me. Well, you have to like have the confidence in your understanding of the rules to run a game that won't be immediately torn down by your players. Yeah. Like, I was... That did happen to me. <laughs> hey, no guns in D&D. Hey, Fuck that's you. a stupid rule. Fuck you. For the record... You love Warhammer. For the record, yeah. he's, he's told me this story, and <sighs> I told him that that was very mean of him to do. Thank you, Afton. You're welcome. Will help. Got, <laughs> it was mean of Will, too, and I would also tell him to his face. That's fair. Alright, let's go ahead and move it along. <laughs> To be fair, me and Will both made that decision without talking to each other. So I had a question that I think um, uh, comes off of this very well without, uh, but I didn't write it down. At this point, you have uh, run, you have run or are running one game in a world that someone else created. Uh, One game that had like guidelines and some assistance with the creation of it. And one game that you've entirely created yourself. Yeah. What of those do you think you had the easiest time like making and creating and which one do you think you found the most fulfilling That's a so great far? question. So the very easiest was definitely the one that had the guidelines and the pieces where you just you poke this monster somewhere in this dungeon that's already been created for you. That's just really easy. I hope that doesn't fall. <laughs> okay. But the most fulfilling would have to be the one that I've created from scratch. As much as I enjoy running Humblewood because it's freaking adorable, it is... I've been frustrated a lot by attempting to make somebody else's story actually work. Whereas the one that I've created myself had aspects of creating puzzles entirely from scratch. Figuring out how I wanted to bend and break the rules to create something unique. Um, Creating characters from scratch. um, Building environments. Um, and also, that one has the particular challenge of only running it for one player. So, which is, again, bending and breaking the rules a little bit. Um, so there was a lot more to explore, a lot more to create, and when I put the machine in motion, every single piece that's there, I created. And that's, that's the most fulfilling bit for me. But would Especially you say, you do, you, do you think you benefited from starting with something someone else built? Oh, Absolutely. Because you don't have, if someone else built it, well, like the, the little kit, um, all I had to worry about was the rules. And in AD&D, you have to worry about the rules, like, a lot. Um, but in Humblewood, um, that had the basic, all the puzzles were already worked out, um, the gist of the story was worked out, so all I had to do was fill in the gaps, which has been difficult sometimes. But at the very least, I could focus on the performative aspects, um, figuring out how to improv, and uh, sometimes it's just... They have a couple different options for what to do with, based on what the players do. Um, and so even your improv has helped a little bit because you can pick from those things and go, oh, hang on, they said this, well, I'm going to read this now. And it helps to kind of get your footing. So speaking of getting your footing, what did you do? Like, Let's take like your first kind of live fire experience with Humblewood when you first sat down with four people. What did you do to get ready for that first game? Did you go over all the stuff one extra time or did you just kind of jump in feet first and figure it out as you went? 
Um, uh, for the record, Humblewood is a uh, campaign setting created by uh, Deck of Many. They're in a Kickstarter that was pretty successful. Um, we're um, playing through some of the playtest content right now. Sidebar. Sponsor us. No. Well, yeah, sure. I'm cutting that out. I want to get back to the second to, uh, to, to think. And also get us sponsored. No, Pat Dragon's never going to respond at this point. Pat Dragon, please. <laughs> I mean, I do keep using that word, so I, get, I feel like it makes sense to explain it. Um, You're all birds. Yeah. Um, We're like half birds. Come on. I Shut s- up, mouse. <laughs> I started the week ahead of time and just started reading through it. And as soon as... I'd kind of skimmed it before that, but I read it for serious the week before. Um, saw that it had some pretty significant story gaps, and I started writing. Like, I pulled out... I think there's eight different sticky notes stacked on top of each other on the first page of the Humblewood uh, campaign that I printed out, and I just started scribbling. So I wrote additional flavor text, I um, wrote ways to orient the players into the campaign, um, and then I read through everything that I was just leaving as it was very carefully. Um, And I think I worked on that the full week off and on, and so the day of, I already had a stack of handwritten notes and I just plunked it down on the table and began. Guys, I think I'm a bad DM. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone has their own kind of deal and the, how they get their ball rolling. We talked about it in the world building episode. Mm-hmm. That I think all three of us have three different methods for doing it. Um, yeah, mine's basically just improv comedy with a handful of dice. Yeah, you're buckle just... the fuck in. I love playing in your games, Alex. They They're make wild. me laugh. They're so wild. Um, I like how much. You're like gung-ho, yes, and, and you never know what's going to happen next, and it's so kooky, and it's so fun, and everything's okay, and I really enjoy it. So whatever you're doing works. I'm Good, because just... it's not much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just very uh, like paranoid about doing something wrong, air quotes, um, so I have to prepare a lot, otherwise I'm going to panic. So on that note, doing something wrong, this is something I come up with a... I talked about with a someone who's going to be a player of mine very shortly. He's new. Um, he had a lot of experience with people when he was growing up and people that uh, played these kind of games that they would get mad when someone would do it wrong. Mm-hmm. And that sucks shit. It does. So I think uh, one thing, Matt, don't. Do I stop. Didn't say, I didn't say shit. I saw. Okay. What I was going to say is it might behoove you to start DMing in a safe space with nice people <laughs> with your friends yeah um, because once you've kind of cut your teeth at that it can be a lot less scary to do it with new people uh, I know when I DM'd it was for people I played with for years um, and that makes the transition a lot easier because there's no like a friend of yours isn't going to jump up jump up your ass when you do something wrong they're going to roll with it and maybe afterwards be like hey you know this is a thing that happens I mean they're not great friends if they do that but you know now, um, okay, Matt's about to explode off the couch. So I have two thoughts, and one of them is that people who are mean to people who are just starting Dungeons and Dragons because they don't necessarily, or any role playing game because they don't have a full grasp of the rules, uh, are tremendous assholes and need to be fired out of a cannon. Yes, agreed. Um, I think that providing. After the game, so you're not interrupting gameplay, and in a respectful <laughs> manner, providing... Constructive uh, feedback through your manager, make sure to CC the department head. <laughs> I'll cut your fucking face. 
if you if you provide constructive feedback either to to the the dungeon master or other players uh, in a, like about rules that are in the game, and either either to let them know, hey, this is how this normally works, or to find out if it's working differently in this world that they're playing. Like, oh, this is oh, I just want to do it this way. Okay, it's a house rule now. I think that people benefit from existing in a world where the set of rules are defined whether they're uh, the same whether they're the same ones in the book or different than the book and I think that if you've been playing for like six months and you haven't bothered to read the rule book uh, you need to fucking get on that because you're starting to become garbage do be sure to CC your department head though (laughs) very important yeah you want a paper trail (laughs) I will say, though, that one of the things that um, caused me to be less intimidated, both by playing D&D in public and also DMing, uh, was playing with a whole bunch of uh, people that I didn't I'm know. I'm sorry, I made a face. I fucking hate playing Dungeons & Dragons in public. Oh. I still, all these years later, can't fucking stand it. Well, I mean, that You made... almost died when we did it at that uh, hotel convention center. Only, I only didn't die because they had a bar. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense, but I feel like there's also some benefit to playing with, eventually playing with people you don't know, because then you realize, oh, yeah. oh, oh man, yeah, but... you're not as bad as, I'm not as bad as I thought, actually. Oh, no, but... This makes it even better, because in Swagga's case, he wasn't even playing with other people. Oh. It was our friend game <laughs> that just happened to be in public. I don't oh, care about God. who I play with, I care about where I play. I'm oh, fine. He's embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed, Alex. I, I am he's mortified. Fine. I'm mortified <laughs> because that was a categorical mischaracterization of my problem with playing in a group of idiots. That even if they're my friends, y'all are idiots. Yeah. And I don't want yeah. other people to see me being with you, idiots. <laughs> to so. be fair, that was definitely the time you guys were in the middle of like a murder slash banditry investigation and decided to take two weeks off to fuck around. And then we're confused when the people you showed up to help were all dead. It was chill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to real talk. Um, I, have, I have been role-playing that game super well because I do not remember what we were doing at any given time. <laughs> um, but to be fair, I was also playing as a pirate mercenary and a dumb guy. So it was fine. That, yeah. so that, just point me after, towards a thing that's evil. After, Alex, you're doing great. Actually, <laughs> is correct. Doing it, having the, playing the game in public can be good for some people. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's just my my personal taste. I like to do it in a house or an apartment, uh, just because I'm more comfortable there. Where it's soundproof, I think, and I have my own alcohol. Yeah, I have my own alcohol. <laughs> I can take my shoes off. I don't have to pay for the alcohol more than I already have. There's no background noise. And you know where the it's ba- your dog. You know where the bathroom is. Yeah, I always know where the bathroom is. I think uh, Afton's other point, if I'm interpreting this correctly, which was uh, playing with... I believe you were saying that playing with people you don't know was uh, convenient because you weren't like if you were to embarrass yourself it wouldn't be in front of anyone you cared about the opinion of and also you could kind of get like a broader scope of the the general like skill level and knowledge of the game so the first one didn't occur to me at all um, yeah, I don't because know that. that's how little I think about people's lasting impression of me apparently hell yeah um, but the latter yes because if you, you when you see a spectrum of other people's styles and their depth of knowledge of the game then you start to realize that there's a wide range of acceptance for what kind of DM you are so you don't have to know the rules perfectly most players are gonna be like oh so my character is XYZ and their special skills are ABC. 
Um, and they're going to be totally cool with explaining that. And you, as the DM, are going to go, oh, yeah, okay. All right, well, then this is how it goes down. That is... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just, that dialogue is common and... I didn't realize that until I started playing with a wide variety of people and some DMs who were happily up there and not knowing all the rules upside down, backwards and forwards, knowing which page, which weird <laughs> rule is Matt. <laughs> Just because I can tell you where on the page every rule in the third edition uh, Dungeons and Dragons Player's Handbook is. I think what Athens is saying is very important in a post-Matt Mercer world. <laughs> Where we, me and Matt spent, I think, two days talking about that Reddit thread. I had someone to, I, so, I'm a, without hubris, I'm a very good dungeon master. I don't think that was without hubris. Uh, I had someone tell me that I was okay, like, maybe fine, maybe passable, because I don't make props. <laughs> oh my god. You want, hey, hey. I think you meant humility and also props are fun. I don't judge them on that part. Yeah, well, that's like, that's do a, like. it doesn't I'm make you saying, no, it does not make you any worse at it. You are you are quite competent at this. I enjoy your games. I made time. you guys props for the only war game. Yeah, and it was yeah, rad. It was yeah. cool. But like, no, you don't have to do it all the time. That was a lot of work. Yeah. Like there there's a certain idea that there should be a certain standard to DMing at the, right now, I think. Yeah, it's it's rough. I don't even use minis most of the time. Yeah, I don't I don't use minis period. Look at that box though. I don't There's think a very large box of minis, like, three feet away from the mic. And they're I such need... nice minis. There's a fucking Baba Yaga house in there. When am I going to use that? Yeah, Reaper, I'm... I saved a lot of money on those bones ones. feel really good about you guys right now. Like, uh, the the Reaper mini quality has jumped in the last Side decade. Like, they are excellent. Checks in the mail, dog. So, we, I think we kind of covered <laughs> four and five. Um, with what experience did you draw on? Yeah. Uh, what Everyone else is drawn on Checking earlier. the question list. Sorry, Alex. What? Okay, so, from your experience with Dungeon Mastering, I'm done now, I'm out. I just have to keep saying Dungeon <laughs> Mastering. Like, I can't stop. Uh, this is the DM screen now. They can't oh. get us for that. Oh, yeah, um, uh, just a heads up. We're probably just gonna start flipping on that. Come at us, Wizards of the Coast. I don't think no, you can copyright don't. two letters. I don't. Please, please don't bait them. Uh, I'm just gonna put the like open gaming license on the front of all of these. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. I'm just upset because it means we have to run two different Twitters now. No, we don't have to run two different. Whatever, <laughs> Matt, get to your thing. <laughs> what the fuck was I even talking? about? I don't about? know. Um, okay, yes. Uh, with the experience that you had, what do you think? What do you think was the one of the like the most important steps that you took? What do you think? in retrospect prepared you the best and got you in the best place for running games um playing the game uh for a maybe at least for me a year or so at least until i had a confident relatively confident grasp of the rules is a good place to start um having fairly recently played under a dm who didn't know the rules at all it is important to kind of know them <laughs> and be somewhat familiar with what it's like as a player um also, for me, preparation was really important because I would have panicked if I didn't have any prep. But I think maybe more like knowing your preparation style, maybe you're Alex and you just improv like nobody's business and everybody has a wonderful time. Or maybe you're me and you take a literal week to prepare for four hours worth of stuff. I got stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> I do too, but I had to do that in order to feel comfortable with it. It's so like knowing your preparation style and then just leaning into it 
um, because you're gonna do fine. Also make sure you're having fun with whatever you're actually gonna DM because if you love it, then that's gonna come through. And even if you don't do everything perfectly, having the love for whatever you are running, that's what puts the spirit there. And even if you uh, misspeak or you fuck up the rules or um, you halfway through realize that one of your players uh, doesn't have nearly as much engagement because you didn't bring them something that would engage them. If you love it, then it's not really a problem to course correct, and everyone's probably going to love it too. See, that's a really good thought that I, uh, I'm not sure we've ever espoused on here, but don't be afraid to break the rules. Don't be afraid to change things. Don't be afraid to... Uh, if you if you find a system you like but you don't like the world that comes with it, just take the system and write your own world. If you find a world that you like but you don't like the system, take the world, find something else that works with it. If you like Dungeons and Dragons, you don't have to play in the Forgotten Realms, you don't have to play in Eberron, you don't have to play in any established setting. You're the thing you made up in your mind that you love, go for it. No Greyhawk, huh? Greyhawk isn't even fucking supported right now. I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. Look, I've I, spent... I don't know. You pulled two and I was like, huh. I pulled the two that are currently supported. I guess. Look, if you want me to talk for six hours about how Merland is the best fucking god anyone's ever created... changed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. what I thought. I was going to say, we were making a lot of progress there. Like, fucking Captain Splatbook over here was telling us it's okay to go against the rules. Yeah. I said I said two settings. Do you want me to name 11 more? I really I'll don't. I'll do it. Because... They're probably bad. <laughs> uh, Kings of Calamar, Midnight... I'm stopping this recording. <laughs> <laughs> I'm naming good ones. I don't care. I don't need to stop the recording. I can just edit it out. Fuck you. <laughs> Do it, coward. Spelljammer, Ravenloft, uh, uh, Dragon Mech... Um, Come on, bud. That's five. Come on, bud. Do they, okay, no. Question. Do everyone <laughs> in Forgotten Realms count? Uh, sure. Seven. Okay. Uh, Ravnica, Dark Sun, Planescape, Greyhawk... Uh... <laughs> That's 11. You got one more dog. What am I thinking? I said midnight already. Hey, um, you did. Come on, buddy. Uh, uh, Mistara. Done. <laughs> 12. Fuck you. There's like five people still listening at this point. Yeah. I'm not one of them. <laughs> you haven't listened to a single one of these and you are not our target audience. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, um... Yeah, don't... don't don't feel constrained by what's popular. So, like, don't feel like you need to uh, play Dungeons & Dragons to get your friends into it if... Uh, you actually want to play Call of Cthulhu and don't feel constrained by the limitations of a setting or a mechanic. If you want to play Call of Cthulhu but you want to make it about fairies taking over the world, fucking go for it. Yeah, I think my favorite monster is that I created was the telemarketer pixie. (laughs) (laughs) So actually, I wanted to, that's great because I wanted to ask you something. When we go to build a setting, we all draw from things that we care about. Alex did like kind of weird 90s pop culture like mix I draw a lot from like myths and historical figures or historical figures that tend to be mythologized Um, I have a friend who's working on something right now he's really into anime he's pulling a lot of stuff from anime but still sticking it into a D&D 5.0 traditional setting so all of the dragons look like 13 year old girls no he's cool (laughs) (laughs) So all of the dragons um, look like 16-year-old girls. <laughs> yeah, but they're a thousand years old. Of course. That makes it fine. And all of the weapons are twice the size of the characters. That I don't mind, actually. I think that looks kind of cool. Yeah, I Sometimes. just do that anyway. Monkey Grip is a great feat. <laughs> that doesn't exist anymore. Shut up. And Matt draws from a lot. I draw, um, I draw from a lot of things. I would say most recently I've been yanking, uh, like, 
sociopolitical concepts sure. and putting them in a magic world. Wow, well, you're super right. That just how we separate our different eras and our things. That yeah. But the reason I brought it up was not to talk about how we do it. I wanted to th- talk about what you draw from when you went to make that world where you made a telemarketer pixie. Like, what are your what's a like? A, I'd say a top three rap like quick main inspirations for what you're bringing to the table when you work on that setting. I mean, like we're. We're pretty good in the episode. If you want to elaborate, you totally can, too. Well, yeah, but... That wasn't on the list. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Well, if either of them had read it or updated it, it would be. I hadn't thought of it until now, to be fair. I just show up. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, this, this one is a bit weird, this particular setting. Um... Have you seen Alex's? Fair. (laughs) You're being attacked by television characters. It's rough. Okay, well, in this setting, um, Matt's character uh, has met Izzard the Wizard, otherwise known as Izzy the Wizzy, who has been experimenting with hopping between realms and opening portals, and the magic between worlds got mixed up. The world that that they're experimenting with is ours. So we have a telemarketer Pixie because Pixie got influenced by telemarketers and suddenly has a fifth level spell. Uh, is it its influence? Uh, suggestion. Suggestion. Oh dear. That's all they do. They don't have any weapons. And all they wanted to convince the character to do is to buy their special diamond pickaxe at the low, low price of like 500 gold. And so I'm not sure like where I would call that influence. It's just that everything is being mixed up. So every single encounter um, has a little bit of both worlds. Every single puzzle is related to both worlds. Um, it has elements of trying to identify locations in the real world based on the uneducated uh, view of the character. And I've sent Matt running literally around Austin to a live role play with this character. <laughs> it's really Why weird. were we not told about this? <laughs> I really wish I had known this. Because I wanted your authentic reaction to <laughs> Was I, this filmed? Did you did you I, put on your robe and wizard cap to do this, Matt? No. My me is a ranger druid. Is there... But the goblin is not. Is he the you that believes in you, or what? <laughs> he's the you that... He's the me that believes in the goblin. I'm like, I is had... there a video of this? Because if so, we found our first Patreon thing. I'm very sorry that there's not a video, because I was... A... I thought God. about filming it, actually. How because... could we not know Matt was LARPing? <sighs> and he's LARPing alone, too. To be fair... It's so great. It's more like on-site roleplay. Because we've sat Call down... Call it whatever and, you want, bud. <laughs> <laughs> we've sat down and, like, done actual encounters with dice and stuff based on what's going on. And wait, then Matt fought no. Bush. Okay, wait, no. no. She did... Okay, Afton did make me dance a swing dance each time that my characters danced a swing dance when I was trying to defeat the wizard who had enchanted the swing competition. I would just, I would just curl into my into a ball and. <laughs> yeah, I lost the plot. I'm yeah. out. And I didn't make this game for you. I know. Robert. <laughs> I know. I'm just. Oh man. It's basically the best thing anyone has ever done. For me. <laughs> so, yeah, um, doing something. Speaking of breaking the rules, this has broken so many rules um, because I wanted to possibly create some, some laws. Where did you go? Uh, we've been to the capital. 
we, I we... was gonna say the capital is a joke, but okay. No, that was that was. <laughs> That's the... where I got the goblin. Look, look. I he to... he got dropped out there. I had to figure out a way to somehow in the story tell Matt that he himself was going to physically go somewhere when he thought that we were just sitting at the table playing a game. So I had to come up with some way to break him out of the rut uh, that I, is playing at a table. I wish we had a video feed of me and Alex right now. <laughs> <laughs> this required very creative like um, storytelling and problem solving and puzzle creating because this was so incredibly unexpected. Uh, this game started with a hex crawl where my goblin got partially devoured by a bear and ended up yeah. having to find the wizard before the necro- like the the gangrene set in. And then, like two sessions later, I was at uh, the Fed swing dancing. <laughs> Local man arrested for saying he's quote trying to save the goblin while forcing his way into the governor's office. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we didn't quite go there, but very close. I don't. Um, this is a revelation in many, many, many ways. <laughs> And I now see my good, good friend Matthew in a very different light. <laughs> and it's not all positive. You already knew I was into the concept of LARPing. I just didn't think you'd pull that last final and just dire trigger. Look, I haven't hit look. anybody with a bafo stick. I don't know what to tell you. Look, if you I've been wanna... yelled lightning bolt and hucked it at someone. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you for a goddamn second. <laughs> There's I'm a druid. Really, At best, I can call lightning. There's some really, really confused <laughs> mom out there who saw just a large man screaming about light, calling lightning in the capital town <laughs> and trying to explain to Timmy McMaster just what happened. No, but there are a set of, I believe, Japanese tourists who are very confused to why I was having a conversation <laughs> between myself no. and a seated myself. <laughs> I will say I nearly cried laughing. <laughs> I... <laughs> Look, if you want to blame anyone, blame me. I didn't ask his permission to do this. I just knew he would like it, so I created this. So, uh, I'm not sure what to call those influences, Robert. I don't care. I totally forgot what we were talking about. I would say that's the influence of your own unfettered imagination and not being afraid to break the rules. This isn't fair. I have to drive after this. This is this is is some kind of crime. Oh my god. And now he really regrets inviting me Can, on the show. No, it's act, it's really good. <laughs> I just We have to end on that, right? No, we have other questions. <laughs> I would say we could, but I also like we have other good questions. Let's let's keep going. Um so that was basically the most amazing. No, you don't get to talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what? Go act it out. <laughs> but they won't be able to see it. Exactly. I could, done. I could do my. He's go- done. I could do my goblinerd voice. No, he's goblinerd, the professional goblin. I will. I I alone edit these. I will take you out of this entire episode. Why did they laugh for forty five minutes straight? I don't understand. This Where was be, Matt this time? Is he really dead now? This will be the podcast hosted by Alex Clownboy and Robert. <laughs> you do that. And you know I'm not above doing that. I know this about you. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I... So what do you... So <clears throat> what, what would you recommend 
So we've definitely got like positive you'd recommend. What do you think a new uh, uh, you spit it GM out would GM. be in a? What do you think that you should like avoid? What if you if you looked back, what would you have done differently? There's there's a world where absence answer this. Well, I wouldn't have gotten that arrested at the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that wasn't my first experience. It wouldn't be his first experience getting arrested either. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and I wouldn't probably have deserved it more this time. <laughs> I'm sorry, we thought you were a crazy person. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> All right, so what would you tell him not to do? Um, I would tell him not to go out in the world and force someone to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I'm not sure anybody else has done this, so I don't think anyone... Oh, I know. There's, I'm sure someone has. <laughs> no one that I've heard of, but yeah, surely it's because they have. That's because they have, like, discipline and self-respect, and they don't bring it up in a public you forum. You should see NDAs. how many thousands of words worth of notes I have on this. I don't There's want so to. There's so much discipline behind this. I don't want to. Okay, <laughs> what would you have done different? You know, I don't actually know that I did anything that I wouldn't do again, but that's because I overthink everything but the some of the stuff that I purposefully avoided that I'm glad I avoided is actually calling back to what you were saying is uh, not playing with people I I can only sorry I can only word this the positive way playing with people I know and then right. I know how they react um, definitely avoid playing with someone you don't know because people can be really mean I've seen it happen we've um, all seen it happen I think there's a whole subreddit for it it's great I was and terrible my thought on this was basically uh, the same. If I had to go back and like redo my first, my first few times of dungeon mastering, I would literally have just played with my younger brother. Like I would have stopped yeah. trying to like if create I could, a group. If I could redo my first time dungeon mastering, I would have done it without Matt and Will. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have anybody else? No. <laughs> to be fair, I want this on record. To be fair. Swaga was a tremendous asshole at this point in his life. Ah, oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Were you in high school? I think everyone is at that point. Yeah. And that's okay. My first, no, my I first was. experience with Swaga oh, was, yeah. hey, oh, hey, I'm your cousin's friend. Oh, that's cool. Nice to meet you. You picked the murder. Take sniper rifle. We're on the same team. We I don't playing, care. Miss, 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 We were miss. playing Halo, and I knew I was bad at the sniper rifle. I did just want it, though. Yeah, so, so you killed me. Yeah. And then you took very it. Easy. And then you did a bad job. Well, yeah, because we were on the same team. And you yeah. were behind me because I thought we were teammates. Yeah, no. And I didn't think that I was an impediment on your way to doing a terrible job. Clearly you were, and I fixed it. Um, See, I wasn't an asshole in high school. So I don't know what y'all motherfuckers were doing. Being uh, jerks, mostly. <laughs> being bad at school. I'm not going to say I didn't suck, but you were a tremendous asshole. You did suck. Uh Anyways, I might take that out. <laughs> yeah, you're going to edit it and be like, oh, yeah, we're all mad at Swaga because he gave everyone cookies for free. No, what it's going to be is, that it's going to be, I wouldn't play with Matt and Will, and then it's going to be you saying, I did suck. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only good part about editing this podcast. It becomes whatever I want it to be. I'm playing right into your fucking hand. Yeah, you are. All right, cool. Um, I think, so, I guess the last, last question is, did you have fun? Hell yeah. And that's really what we're here to do, right? Yeah. So I think, I guess that was a very succinct answer, and I like it. Uh, I think that's just about it. Did you have 
for like and you're here and the mic's on currently is there anything you want to talk about about DMing or Dungeons and Dragons or literally anything because this is the end um I think that it is a magical and powerful thing to sit down to be the game master of something that you're having fun with and for somebody who likes collaboration like you can you can be the sort of dm that uh is against their players and that's not very fun but when you're sitting down to create a world together um that i think is a sort of magic that um can sometimes be hard to find and I think most of the people you're going to be playing with are really excited that you are creating something for them. And so, just like have fun. Uh, if you're not having fun, then you probably shouldn't be DMing. Uh, the people that I've liked the least as DMs are the ones who were clearly not having fun. Uh, and that was mostly in public settings. Actually, only in public settings. See, this is why I'm not there, because I'd, I'd drag everything down. I know I would. I don't know about that. I just... the. Yeah, you have to have fun. And if you're having fun, then everyone else is likely going to have fun, too. And just kind of, like, enjoy the magic, because that's what we're all here for. And you don't have to be scared of it. Uh, You don't have to be perfect. You just have to bring your heart to it, and everyone else will bring their heart to it, too. I think that was the best possible way to end this episode. I think it's the best possible way to end any episode. I really think so. So, um, yeah, um... Thanks for listening. Alex, you want to hit us with that email? Uh, if I could remember it. Alex! What? You don't remember it? It's Is the, it just the, the GM screen? At I was going to say DM. Yeah, you keep saying the DM screen, and now I have to go get that one, too. Well, it's. I think it's the... <laughs> it's the GM screen at gmail.com. Or yeah. hit us up at Twitter. I believe that is just the GM screen as well. All right. And yeah, just tell us things. I will probably read them. I will read them. <laughs> Or more accurately, Matt will read them. It's on my phone. I'll get yeah. it done. Okay. Um, uh, thanks again to Afton for coming along. It's nice to have big not old people here. Yes. <laughs> well, it was fun being here, so thanks for inviting me. And actually, you'd want to come back for more. I think this worked really well. We usually record it at or near your apartment, so... I can walk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. So thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm very nervous because we're actually... Gonna, it's gonna be going live very soon. Oh yeah, I probably should have mentioned that. Yeah, we have like nine episodes done before it actually goes up. So like at some point we're just gonna have to have like an apology episode for like two months worth of shit that we said. <laughs> that seems fine. I, I fixed all of that. It's I, okay. Alex, I like that you've technically put more prep into the GM screen than you have your actual games. If you've seen how much I've actually done for this show, it's still nothing. I know, but like you've done more recording before it actually went live, so you have prepped, kind of. But I still didn't read the notes. (laughs) All right, uh, so let's go ahead and wrap it up. Okay, uh, but yeah, thanks again, everyone, for listening. And as always, I'm Alex. I'm Matt. I'm Robert. And and I'm Afton. And hit us with a closer, Afton. Give us a new one. Uh, A new one? Yeah. Uh, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's the party.